Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Somos Mas. You're... <laughs> Jake. <laughs> All right, we're going to do that again. Uh, good thing we can edit that. Oh, man. All right, where were we? Leave it in. Leave, Leave it, it in. in. That's what she said. <laughs> that's just, that's right, just how the episode Let's just keep going. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Somos Mas, the official podcast of us. And uh, we are going to sit here tonight. We're gonna, we, talk, we talk sports. We talk New Mexico United. Um, we're going to bring you some of the biggest news from around the sporting world. And on tap tonight, we promised you guys last time that we're going to do some March Madness. And that is exactly what we're going to talk about as at least part of our show. It's going to be a large portion and of the other half is Jacob's mustache. We got March Madness. We got some. There we go. That's the other part of tonight's show. And that is all brought Jacob's to you mustache. by uh, Dollar Shave Club. <laughs> Dollar Shave. <laughs> oh, not officially sponsored by Dollar Shave Club. Um, if you're not here with us on Twitch, you're you're absolutely missing out. Uh, I'm gonna do my best to get this episode up on YouTube here uh, later this week, so you guys can see exactly what we were having a good time with. Um, but uh, yeah, tonight March Madness, we're gonna talk New Mexico United. We've got NFL news and notes, and uh, Jacob is now trying to hide his mustache from everyone <laughs> on camera. <laughs> and uh, yeah, this is gonna be a fun show. We're already off to a great start. Um, as always, guys, we do record live on Twitch.tv every episode uh, over at Slam Gaming TTV. You can join us there Tuesday nights, uh, typically at 9:30 p.m. Mountain Time. And we and you can be a part of the show, getting your questions and comments in the chat, and you'll be read live on air. Uh, thank you guys so much for being here. We are, of course, on podcast services around the world. You can uh, follow us, subscribe to us on whatever podcast service you use, and we will be there every single week um, or every two weeks, depending on the time of year. And uh, But let's get right into it. Um, so we typically have a question we ask our guys uh, at the start of every show. Biggest off-season NFL signing so far, guys, in less than five words. Jacob's mustache. <laughs> is it? it I mean, is it replacing Aaron Rodgers' mustache? Impossible. Impossible. That's... All right. How about Blake Bortles? I'm sorry. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Mitch uh, um... Gardner Minshew. Gardner Minshew, there you go. Does it, does it replace that stash? That's like, if you're looking at the bracket. Pretty sure this has gone over five words, Earl, so I'm going to I'm let you finish in a minute. But, uh, <laughs> Gardner Minshew's mustache of all time? <laughs> yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Um, a, a real answer to your question, Seth, because I understand the thought that you put into these questions, and I know that you really want our answers here. Um, it's it's Tom Brady restructuring his deal. That's that's what it is. Two very good answers. Tom Brady and Jacob's mustache here. Uh, for me, it's going to be uh, I have to go. Uh, you, you talk about restructuring. It's got to be Matt Ryan and the Falcons got screwed again. Well, see, the Falcons, the Falcons are just. How can I put it? Trash. They just suck. Uh, yeah, uh, they're just um, they're just not a great football team right now. And some a some question if they ever were, but uh, acceptable, acceptable. I will I will take that. Uh, but I do think, in all seriousness, the best signing of the off season 
I don't think it's I don't think it's been made yet. Like okay. everybody points to what New England did. And uh yeah, they added like 17 guys, but Cam Newton who can't throw the ball past 10 yards is still their quarterback. So it doesn't really matter. Yeah, I agree with Jacob. The best offseason signing has the best offseason signing hasn't happened yet because now the Bears don't have Russell Wilson either. How bad does it suck to go from trying to get Russell Wilson to settling on Andy Dalton? <laughs> I'm a Cowboys fan. I know. Exactly. So, and you guys gave Dak a crap load of money for no reason whatsoever. And uh, the Cowboys have always made stupid contract decisions like that. So that's acceptable. I mean, I expected it. I expected them to pay him more than Pat Mahomes. So that's what I expected. Yeah, but in your head, he's probably be- in, in your head, he's probably better than. In Patrick my Holmes. head, Dak Prescott is the equivalent to Tua Tagovailoa. First Ooh. of all, bravo on the pronunciation <laughs> there. No, bravo on the pronunciation there. That was that's a hard last name to get, and you freaking nailed it. But um. I, I I thought everybody was better than Mahomes in your eyes, so I thought everybody should get more no, money. No, I, I never said that. I think Baker Mayfield should get more money than him. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Love you know who else should get more money than him? <laughs> no. My mustache. You You're should get more right. money for making that damn mustache. <laughs> it is pretty spectacular, so you- honestly. It's not in a, it's not spectacular in a good way. You it's know what just the best offseason cut is? Your sideburns. Let's hear it. <laughs> oh god. Can we just so, cut this part let out? Let me ask you guys this. There's a No. Can we just, can we just no, start I mean, over? Can we like just, can we just cut start this over? part out? Uh. <laughs> I got some clippers. Eric's pretty good with them, so uh, so one yeah. guy, that, that one guy that just resigned uh, has had a pretty interesting career so far. It always seems to land up not quite the full time starter. Fitz Magic. Fitz Magic, baby. Fitz yes. Magic just signed a new contract with the Washington football team. I mean, what happens in Washington? They still have Alex Smith, right? No, they released no, him. Okay, they released Alex Smith. So I, I don't know. What they is don't the, have anybody. Yeah, well, say, that's what's the quarterback true. situation over there now? Does Fitz Magic actually get another chance to step in? Yeah, yeah. he's going to be the starter because the other, only other quarterback they have is Tyler Henneke, who started the playoff game. And I thought he actually looked good against Tampa Bay in the playoff he, game. He did not but, have a bad um, few outings last but year. But it's the Washington football team, and they make terrible decisions like the Cowboys every year. Oh, no. Fitz Magic isn't a terrible decision, though. I'd I'd rather have Fitzpatrick as my quarterback for ten million than one hundred and sixty four million to Dak Prescott. Actually, it's only one hundred sixty million. My point still stands. Damn it! (laughs) (laughs) I mean, and that brings up an interesting point too. I mean, you talk about the value of guys that are signing. You know, Fitzmagic getting ten million going to Washington. You've got what was it? Um, Andy Dalton got what ten million? Was was it ten or four? Ten. Ten million to go to the Bears. Give me Fitzmagic every day. You've got Dak 
who has done nothing in his career, getting 160 million for how many years is it, Errol? Five. Five years. Four. So, all right. So, 30, 40, 40 million dollars a year for a guy who's done nothing. Is Dak Prescott really who the Cowboys want to want to hang their hat on? Trust me, I was wanting them to sign him to a one year deal and then trade the shit out of him for like a third round pick and go for one of them top one of them top picks like Justin Fields out of out, out of Ohio State or shoot your freaking shot and try to get Trevor Lawrence. That's that's not happening. But I know it's not. Um, what do they? What position do they have in the draft? Do you know? Sixteenth or seventeenth? No, that would be a playoff team. They didn't make the playoffs, so I'll find him. I'll find him. But I'll pull that up real, real quick. Okay, good because I wanted to keep talking about how crappy the Cowboys are. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um. Yeah the the quarterback market it really wasn't that good this year anyways as far as free agency is concerned so um i think cam got 14 million or uh, up to 14 million dalton got up to 13 million and fitzpatrick got 10 million um dallas has a 10 i don't think there's been another quarterback signing or or move 10th okay so so realistically you're probably not going to get fields probably not going to get uh, Zach Wilson. You're definitely not getting Lawrence. You might get the guy from North Dakota State, but they're not going to do that now because they signed Prescott to... So there's there's one other person that they can go for, and he does need some development. I don't see them burning a high draft pick on him. Um, it would be nice if they didn't sign Dak and go for him. Um, that's Tyler Trask out of Florida. <laughs> the Georgia, the Georgia Bulldog just winced in pain over there. I no, no, I am not a Georgia Bulldog. Oh yeah, you're Georgia Tech. Yes, Georgia My Tech. Bad. Thank you very okay. much. ACC champion Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. Thank you very much. Um, no, I honestly Trask to me is a Tim Tebow type type player. Mm-hmm. You know, he's got he's got this similar build. But I really don't think he. I think he's got a little bit more like natural talent than Tebow does. But I don't think he's going. He's going to be anything. True. I don't know who that is. If I'm being completely honest, <laughs> I just know the top four or five. And my flag for the best quarterback coming out of this draft is firmly planted in the Justin Fields king. Mm-hmm. I, I I think he I, Lawrence. I think is going to be good. He might be great. He might be the best. I don't know. But they're talking about this Zach Wilson kid from BYU. Like he's right there with with Trevor Lawrence and passing up Justin Fields. And that just doesn't make any sense to me. Because one, I watched QB1 and Justin Fields was on it. And he just has, it's kind of like with Russell Wilson. Like when he was coming out of Wisconsin, I was like, he's going to be great that he just has that. He has that thing that, that the, the secret, as some people say that just he's good. And then he just has those intangibles that make him great. And I think fields has the same thing. And Justin or Zach Wilson looks like a douche. So 
I don't, I don't want to root for him. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mimic your douche comment. The kid is literally wearing a, a headband with a Jordan logo on it. Mm-hmm. He's he 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 reminds me of Baker Mayfield. I'm not gonna lie. Hey 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 hey! You take that shit back. <laughs> just looks wise. Just looks wise. That's all. That's not even close to a Baker Mayfield. For one, Baker Mayfield had a freaking mustache when he came out of mom's womb. Just for one. <laughs> I don't know what to do with that, Earl. <laughs> I don't know where to take that. Well, I <laughs> there's no way to transition out of that. <laughs> it just you just you just gotta do it. You just gotta say. Anyway, looking around the league, looking at different websites, you know, obviously there's a lot of different places doing mock drafts and things like that uh, ahead of the 2021 draft coming up. One one outlet has Justin Fields going before Dallas can get to him, uh, saying he's going to go to De- saying Denver's going to take him, and that Dallas oh, is going. Please don't. And Dallas will, for for whatever reason, draft a cornerback at ten. Um, <laughs> they always do. And then, like, they they do need help on defense. And you know, someone's saying that uh, you know one uh, as a pro football focus, I think this website is is saying the Atlanta Falcons are going to trade a trade uh, to get Trey Lance from North Dakota State. Yeah, uh, quarterback for the future potentially. I don't know. I mean, there's so many different ways that this could go. But I mean, realistically, what does your team need this offseason in order to be competitive next year? Go ahead, Jacob. Nothing. <laughs> like we don't we seriously don't need anything to be competitive. Um we could use maybe a running back, but I kinda like Ronald Jones Jr. Um maybe some offensive line help. But uh, we basically have five people that aren't on the team this year that were on the team last year now. So we got our kicker, uh, Fournette, Dom Sue, and a couple other smaller pieces. But other than that, we have the exact same team, and we won the Super Bowl. So we're going to be competitive. I, I think we need to add a couple of veterans that haven't won the Super Bowl to to give so give the rest of the team like somebody to rally around to be like, hey, yeah, let's let's win one for this guy who hasn't won one and just came to us and did, wasn't with us last year and didn't win last year. Um but I think in the draft I'm looking for offensive line, maybe a little bit of defensive line. And um that's about it. So what does Dallas need to be competitive? Everything. Um, a new GM. We need a new, a new owner. A new owner, a GM, a better coach, a quarterback that doesn't break an ankle, a running back that doesn't hold out because he's two years out of his contract, a wide receiver that doesn't look like a like a transvestite girl. Um. Who? Wait. Wait. What? <laughs> Who's this? Amari Cooper. Ah, okay, fair. Um, a defensive end that can stay clean for six days in a row. Like I said, everything. I mean, I could go down the list and have thirty. I don't have thirty-two fingers. 
Yeah, when you're at that point in a in a in a rebuild, basically, or in a a, a state of necessity, you know, it, it's hard to pinpoint you know one or two things. See, I wouldn't even call the Cowboys a rebuild. They're just poor management. That's exactly what it is. Because if you ask Jerry Jones, they're a playoff contender. And they very well be a playoff, very well may be a playoff contender because they're in the NFC East. But they're not a contender to actually do anything in the playoffs. It's very true. <laughs> and then and then there's the Falcons. And then there's the Falcons. I want to hear this one. You know, to be completely honest with you, we've been so decimated by injuries over the past couple of years that that's where a lot of our issues have come from. We haven't had the depth to take care of that, especially on the defensive side. Um, so, I mean, you've got two, you know, you've got, you know, top three wide out in, in, uh, in Julio Jones, you've got a top 15 wide out in Calvin Ridley, uh, you know, one area I feel like we've needed desperately over the past few years since uh, Tony Gonzalez retired is a new tight end. Uh, I mean, we just traded with Buffalo for a tight end. Um, I think, you know, Matt Ryan is a good quarterback, good to great quarterback. Yes, he is getting older. He's got a few years left. If we take a quarterback in the draft, so for the future, fine. But I think our more immediate need is defensive depth, particularly in the secondary, and then offensive line depth which is two areas that we have really been decimated by injuries in over the past you know, two to three years. Um, I think if we can address those needs and then get a, <clears throat> a quality running back, uh, I think the Falcons are going to be in a much better position than they were last year. I think that the whole Falcons organization was just torn apart by Tom Brady and the Super Bowl when they gave up the lead that until those pieces are gone, they they just won't be successful. They just it's it's like the worst Super Bowl hangover ever. Well, you know what? Dan Quinn is gone, so we are things are looking up. Um, but I, I like I it might be a curse. Like I'm talking like it it might be like until Matt Ryan and Julio Jones and anybody else that played in that Super Bowl are gone, you're just destined to fail. You know I. I don't want to talk too much about that. I'm actually going to, so I guessed it on, a, on another podcast this past weekend. Uh, I'm going to be back Cheater. on the same, on a, on another, on the same podcast next weekend. And we're going to talk. You're not, about gonna, you're not going to plug that podcast. Like, I, I am. It's a, the sporty, okay. <laughs> uh, the sporty S Z N uh, podcast. It's oh, buddy, it's Jay's. Uh, huh? Yeah. My buddy, uh, Jason Johnson, uh, Jason Johnson. He, uh, he started a podcast. Uh, he's British. Um, he is, he is. And uh, he's a huge Falcons fan. Um, and so he's also a Spurs fan. So, you know, uh, yeah, I was, on, game. I was on the on episode two last weekend. We talked, uh, MLS, uh, trying to talk about that and about the NFL, uh, about the growth of the NFL over in Europe, especially what in time, the, what time do you record that podcast? Uh, that we did that at 8am mountain time past. Saturday. So actually normal time. Oh, okay. Yeah, normal time for us. So, uh, yeah, it's like uh, three o'clock in the afternoon for them. So, um, Earl, Earl, this is normal time. You're just a fifty year old grandpa. <laughs> but uh, no, it was a lot of fun. Uh, I had really enjoyed doing the, that episode uh, last weekend. So it is over on YouTube. Um, you can check it out, Sporty S Z N podcast. And I'll be back on there next weekend. Uh, we are going to talk Matt Ryan. Um, 
it's going to be interesting. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, but uh, real quick, I don't blame Matt Ryan for that loss. I don't blame the players on the field for that loss. No, I don't. I don't either. It wasn't. I, I mean, Julio had that remarkable catch to seemingly seal it. And so, so I, I understand all that. And I get that. I'm just saying that the the stench of losing it is just stuck to everybody that was involved, even if it yep. wasn't their fault. So it's it's kind of it. Basically, it's a curse, is what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, the Atlanta sports curse has been around for decades. Um, so yeah, even even the World Series win in '95 didn't really take it away. You know, MLS Cup win a couple years ago didn't really take it away. But you know, uh, Atlanta sports are looking up. All right, let's move right along. Uh, we do have a couple of things to get into before we talk about our March Madness uh, brackets this year. Uh, first up, and this is going to be a surprise topic to everyone here. Uh, Jacob, how is the goat, goat Arenado doing so far this season? He's not I, a goat. I have no idea. Um, I, I, have, I have not watched a moment of baseball. I will not watch a moment of baseball until probably the playoffs, and then I might jump in. And root for Arenado and the Cardinals. <laughs> All right, I just want to see how uh, if you're following your uh, your your idol there. So, so baseball actually oh, it's still spring training, so it doesn't really matter. Um, but regular season starts on thirtieth. Yes, it does. Baseball is right around the corner. I'm gonna be doing a fantasy baseball team this year. I don't know if you guys have ever done fantasy baseball. I've done fantasy baseball, and it is. I, I can't. I can't with fantasy baseball. Like it's a lot. I, every day, just having. I I did fantasy basketball. I love fantasy basketball. To be completely honest with you, but even then, it's like it's a lot of work because there's at least games every day. But it's not fantasy. It's still not fantasy baseball. Yeah, no, it, it's it's work. I haven't done it in a few years. Um, there's a lot they have to pay attention to, and yeah, like you said, you have to really look at every day because stuff can change, uh, you know, on day to day basis. It's not like waiting till Sunday morning at you know nine fifty nine a.m. is finishing your lineup. So, all right, um, I'm not gonna lie, Seth. We have a very similar bracket. Do we really? It's eerily similar. Okay, you see, you can see my bracket. What? Yeah, we can see your bracket. You sent you sent it to us. Oh, you yeah, sent yeah, yeah. That's right. I did send that. All right. So next up, we'll talk to uh, you guys. We want to talk some New Mexico United first. Sure. Yeah, let's get that out of the way. And then we'll we'll dive into this bracket thing. I mean, granted, you know, granted, there is no getting New Mexico United out of the way. They are here. The preseason kicks off this weekend. Um, United will be taking on El Paso over at Mesa del Sol, the training complex. Our very own Earl Nieto is going to be there. He's going to be giving us some live updates. Um, we tried to we tried to get uh, credentials for all of us um, to be there on the on this Saturday, but the, uh, according to the club, they're only giving out one credential per outlet at least for this match. So Earl is our designated person this weekend. Uh, he's going to be out there and providing us updates, hopefully uh, on Facebook. Um, honestly, without being able to be there, without being able to see it, because I know Lucas Cash made a statement over on Facebook that basically saying they don't have the infrastructure out there at the facility to do like live streams and, you know, radio broadcasts, things like that. So there's a very real chance there won't even be a broadcast of this match. Um, granted, because this preseason is probably not surprising. Um, but, you know, 
that's I mean it's exciting. Soccer is back first and foremost. Um, what are we what are we hoping for this first match out? Goals. Yeah, I kind of second that. I mean, <laughs> our defense was was stout last year, and and we we kind of lacked on the offensive side of the ball, but we've made a bunch of offensive thinking uh, additions with Rivas and Swartz and Brian Brown and Illich and um, Isidro Martinez on on uh, free kicks and and set plays and stuff like that. So, yeah, we we have just a bunch of – we added a bunch of offensive talent, and I want to see it pay off. Yeah, you know, I I want to see uh, who's going to be between the sticks. Uh, we've got a new signing we're going to talk about here in just a minute. Um, does you know, does uh, does Phil get the, get the get the call between the sticks? Does it go to uh, new signing Alex Tambakis? Um, that that's number one, and then number two, what is that defense going to look like? Uh, we are still looking a little bit thin on the back line. But I want to see that defensive unit, especially against a club like El Paso, who can score, uh, who has scoring threats. Yes, our defense was good last year. We had still concede, I believe it was 53 goals in 16 matches last year. Um, so I want to see improvement there. Uh, I feel like we've got enough talent up top that scoring won't necessarily be an issue. But um, it's going to be what can we do defensively. So that's kind of what we're looking for uh, from the from the club this Saturday. Uh, again, Earl's going to be out there. Hopefully, we can get a few quotes or something from some guys. Um, and there is a media day on Friday. Uh, I don't think any of us are going to be able to make that, unfortunately. I mean, we do all work. I mean, Jacob and Earl live outside of town, and um, yeah, it's just uh, it's kind of unfortunate. You know, we would we would all love to be there, and hopefully, for the next match and for the others going forward, we'll all be able to be out there and bring you guys some live content from either Mesa del Sol or the lab once we get back uh, in person out there. So, um, next up for New Mexico United, we did have two new signings. Uh, well, I, I should say two signings. One uh, one of which is new. The first is uh, United announced the signing of uh, goalkeeper Alex Tembakis. Uh, Tembekis won the Greek Cup in 2014, spent the last few years with Charleston Battery, where he was the USL save leader over that period of time. It was 252 saves in three seasons uh, with them. Uh, Alex, of course, comes to the States by way of Atlanta United, who signed him as their first signing in club history. And... United to put out a tweet saying that, you know, new number one, I kind I didn't want to really bury the lead here, but you had some strong words about this. I did. Uh, some I did. strong feelings about how the club announced him as the new number one. I've, I've since kind of cooled off on it, but, um, uh, one small correction because I'm that guy and I'm annoying. He came from North Carolina. Um, the last, I think three years was in North Carolina. Um, at least the last year was in North Carolina. Um, but yeah, I, I was upset with the announcement that he was already going to come in and be the new number one, because, you know, Philip Bijel is a guy that's been with us for all three seasons. Uh, he wasn't on the roster the official year, or he wasn't officially on the roster the first year, but we would see him, uh, before matches participating in goalie drills and, and being the goalie wall, Mizell warmed up elsewhere, and the other guys took shots, you know. So we've seen him out there. 
We've seen him in goal a little bit before matches that first year. And then last year, you know, he didn't get a chance to play at all, even though we had fans calling for him to play um, some matches because Mizell, we wanted Mizell to get the time off. Plus, we wanted to know what we had with him in, in the net. And for them to just sign a guy off the street, now we'll get to Alex in a minute um, and why I've cooled off on this take a little bit. But for them to just sign a guy off the street and then automatically him be the new number one a week before preseason, um, I was I was a little bummed for Philip mainly just because you know I, I like the guy. Um, I've I've talked to him a couple times briefly um, that first season, and and he was always cordial and and super nice and really excited to be here, and and I just felt like he deserved a shot or deserves a shot at being being the starter and just the way they made it seem it was nope you're still a backup right away even though this guy is still in Greece or or in North Carolina or wherever he is at the time um so that was a little bit of a bummer but but since then you know this you know Tambakis is good man he's he's freaking really good and i it it might be blasphemy to say this but i think he might be better than Cody so I've cooled off on the give Philip a chance take. I'd still like to see Philip get in into some matches this year, but but I think with Alex in net, we might even be better than last year. So there's some pretty big words there. Uh, you know, claiming he he's better than Cody Mizell. I mean, I, did, I said he might. I said he might. Uh, statistically speaking, you know, we can we can take a look at these. I, I want to say off the top of my head um, that. Alex does have more clean sheets than Cody does. Uh, historically, we have not been a club that maintains clean sheets. Well, well, see, you take, you say that, and then last year, half of our games were clean sheets. Well, just a little under half of our games were clean sheets, it, especially if you include the El Paso and and the San Antonio, or just the San Antonio, maybe just the San Antonio match through extra time or through through normal time, then we had that. I mean, that's basically a clean sheet. You keep, keep them scoreless through 90 minutes. That's a clean sheet in my head. So, um, and I could be wrong on that. I, I haven't, I don't really remember, but almost half or half of our matches last year were clean sheets. So you can't, but clean sheets to me is it's a, it's not just a goalie stat to me. I know that if you look it up on USL's website or any soccer website for that matter, goalies get credited with the clean sheets and they do get some of that credit, but a lot of the time it's, it's the defense in front of them that keeps it that way. So I don't really like looking at that necessarily that stat necessarily. In fact, for goalies, there's not really a stat that I really like to look at. That's like 100% definitive. This guy's better than this guy. If you look at the stats, to me, it's there. There's so many things that go into it: how they look out there, how they lead the team, how they, how they, how like, like we've seen Alex's highlights, and he's had some spectacular saves. Now Cody did too, but I don't know. I think, I think we might be experiencing a, an upgrade at goalkeeper ever so slightly still. Earl, to to go build off of that, would you consider save percentage? as a valid 
uh, stat line to look at when you're comparing goalkeepers? No. reason why I say no is because one game, you one match you can have 100 shots shot at you and you save 99 of them. The next game you could have two and you save one. I mean, that's already 50% right there. Um, so no, I don't look at save percentage as a valid set line to compare Cody and Alex. Um, Jacob touched on it a little bit. Um, so yeah, obviously clean sheets is part of the game. I mean, obviously you don't want people to score on you. Um, I think it's how you lead your team. So obviously you're the guy. I mean, the game doesn't go on without you kind of have to have a goalkeeper um so how you portray yourself on the field and how you rally your team around you when you do get down when you do get a goal scored on i think that's that'll be kind of and especially knowing troy how he wants you to be um i think that is part of the part of the aspect of a good goalkeeper in New Mexico. So the answer to that question we kind of posed you know, about the number of clean sheets, uh, for, through 2019 and 2020 seasons, New Mexico United has had 10 clean sheets in the regular season. Uh, so yeah, it's uh, 30, it's what? 52... 34, 50, 50 regular season matches in two seasons. We've had 10 clean sheets. So, um, but if you, if you look at just last year though, we had seven, at least seven, uh, seven, including the San Antonio playoff win. Yeah. Including that uh, one. Okay. Yeah. So, so seven out of, out of 16 last year. Yeah, I mean, that, that's I, not a bad, that's not a bad stat line there. You know, it really isn't. And we, we basically have the same defense as we did last year. In fact, yeah. did we lose anybody defensively? Um, Sully. Well, Najem, we don't know yet. We still don't know about Najem because I'm counting we, him we out. bring that we bring that point up. You're, well, didn't we also count Tanari out? No, a couple weeks ago, and now we found out the other day, uh, what two days ago, that uh, Andrew Tanari has re-signed with the club. Yeah, uh, that's the name that we weren't we were hoping would be back, but we're I think we were kind of expecting had already moved on. Well, um, I I messaged him in January. And he said, uh, got to be honest, it's not looking good, but it's still not a no to come back to New Mexico United. So so I, I had kind of counted him out. Um, and, and most of the time you don't see teams re-sign somebody this late, or, or at least we didn't see it last year with United. Last year with United, it was the three days after the season ended, bam, here are the guys that are coming back. So, right. but... um. But I forgot about Najem, but other than Najem, we didn't lose anybody defensively. So, um, and and bringing Tanari in like a bulldog type midfield spot that helps the defense out tremendously and therefore helps the goalkeeper out tremendously, I think is huge. I want to point out there's a a Twitter account that you guys should follow if you're not already. Uh, it's at USL Tactics. Yes, um, it this is great. This guy does fantastic breakdowns of USL tactics and club movement, individual player movement. And 
he did a thread not too long ago talking about uh, the midfield of New Mexico United. And it's a fantastic read if you if you haven't checked this account out already. Again, it's at USL Tactics. And with the, with the announcement of Tanari coming back, he like he went and reiterated just how much of an important role Tanari played in our midfield last year. And I think that this is gonna, you know, the re-signing of him is gonna turn some heads and make people make people say, hey, look, you know, they're like legitimately going for it this year. You know, the the midfield has been solidified. We've got some scores, we've got some good defensive midfielders, our def- back line is really solid. You know, now it's a matter of are we gonna get the goals up top and can we make a stop between the sticks? Yeah, that 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 is the only thing I can, I will say on the back line is we could use some more wing depth, um, especially if we were to go to a a uh, a four four one one or a four four two like we played a lot the first year. Um, you know we've got we've got Raiden and Tete and Schmidt and Touche, uh, in, in that kind of center back role, but once you get outside of that, it sucks in Yearwood and maybe Hamilton and maybe Bruce and, and that's really it. So, so I could see a name that I've been throwing out there all freaking off season, uh, who plays a left back, I believe, uh, ish Joan. Um, as far as I can tell, he's still available, man. I really could, would love to see him on the team, but, um, other than that, yeah, the back, the back line's solid. The back line is, is legit. And and so it's it's between the sticks who, like I said, I think Alex is going to be great. Um, and then it scores. It's are we going to be able to to actually put the ball in the back of the net? And and I think we will. I think we made some some good moves. I we were I was messaging you guys yesterday about lineups and and positions and stuff like that. And I have no idea what we're going to do, but I know we can do a lot of different things. Yeah, a lot to look forward to there. Um, one, there's a, another bit of New Mexico United signing news I want to get to before uh, we talk about a couple other like n- bits of news within the club itself. Um, it surfaced. Uh, let's see what what's the date on this article? Uh, March 11th. Uh, former New Mexico United midfielder Kenny Akamatsu has finally signed with a new club. Yeah, uh, Kenny has signed with. Uh, I hope I pronounced this right. Young Skill SK in Sweden. And if you take a look at the article uh, for the the announcement from this club about this, um, I mean, they're very like, they're very positive about Kenny. Uh, I mean, the title of it says Akamatsu strengthens LSK. Um, and this does kind of confirm what we thought had happened after he left the club in 2019. Uh, he did spend the 2020 season clubless, but has been training with a Japanese club in the, in the meantime. And during a, if this article is accurate, you know, during a single test match with, uh, LSK, they decided to make us to sign Kenny to a contract, uh, a one-year deal. And it's the, their first Japanese player ever. Um, so congrats to Kenny Akamatsu. I mean, we, you know, I thought highly of him when he was here, just didn't get a whole lot of playtime, unfortunately. Uh, glad to see him sign on with another club. I actually reached out to him 
after the 2019 season to try to talk to him, but uh, never got a response, unfortunately. But uh, congrats to Kenny, and we hope he does well over in Sweden. Yeah, I I, I had seen that and uh, and was super excited for him to get back out on the pitch and and have a chance. And and I don't know, we haven't talked about this, uh, but we should have. Um, uh, very, very good friend of Somos Nino's News um, wrote for us every or every paper that we put out last year. Um, Tony Soler uh, has been playing for a team in the Maldives, Maldives, however you pronounce those little islands down there. Um, they did shut down because of COVID, a second wave of COVID that hit the islands uh, here a while back, and I don't know if they've restarted back up. But he's been playing for a team that's in second place over there, and he's started every match since he got over there. Um, I don't think he's really put any stats because he's he's that midfielder that kind of like a Tenari uh, that just does a little bit of everything. He doesn't really contribute on the offensive side of the ball numbers wise, but um, ha- has looked good. He you can actually watch all their games on Facebook Live. The league has a Facebook page that actually and they put all their games up so. So you can actually watch him play if you get up at four in the morning. Uh, you can watch it live or you can watch it later. It's still up. Um, so as far while we're on the topic of former New Mexico United players, especially from that first season, uh, Tony is another guy that I'm super happy got another chance to play. He he also did not play all through 2020 that I saw. Um, so so I'm I'm super excited for him and and love to watch him and and see him contribute to a winning team. So are you gonna share the the page or are you gonna hide it behind your mustache? Yeah, I. Oh, <laughs> uh, you son of a bitch! <laughs> Let me find it because I I wasn't prepared to talk about former United players, but. Let's see. Let's see. While Jacob's looking that up, we, there is one more signing for the club. Uh, on March 6th, the club announced that um, uh, New Mexico United has signed their first academy contract sign. It's their first academy contract signing. Albuquerque native Armando Munoz Zarate. Uh, he is someone who has uh, worked with the U.S. men's national team U18 camps. Um, he's comes, he's coming out of Rio Rapids and Albuquerque high. Now, the importance of this is that while he is working within the, with, within the Academy, uh, this is a paid contract, contracted player position, and he is eligible to play for the first team. Um, so we may see him on Saturday. We may see him throughout the season. Uh, so congratulations to him. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see if we have any more of these Academy contracts get signed here before the start of the season. And if they have any sort of impact, uh, on the first team. So I think there'll be one more Academy contract signing just because the club said that they have another one sign. They have another signing. That's right. Yeah. They plan to announce two, right? But the league said they couldn't announce both of them or something. Supposedly. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what happened there, but they did say that they had multiple for that day. And then, then the next thing you know, they announced one and said that they couldn't announce the other one because of something with the league. Yeah. Kind of unfortunate, but it is exciting again, you know, looking forward to the future of New Mexico United. Uh, we already know that the Academy will be competing, um, later this year, hopefully, um, in the Academy league. So we'll see what happens there. 
uh, with those guys. And then the last bit of club news that I had before we move on is well, of course, uh, well, two little two bits of news. I apologize. Um, first off, Michael Azira has been called up to the, the Ugandan national team uh, to help uh, with their qualifying for the uh, Africa Cup of Nations. Um, or they are they're competing in the Cup of Nations. I apologize. Um, the Ugandan national football team will be taking on Burkina Faso on March 24th and Malawi on March 29th. Um, so uh, he Azira obviously has played uh, previously for them, uh, 12 international caps prior to these. So uh, good chance to, for him to make a statement on the international stage. Yeah, that's big. I like, uh, I, I, I've grown on that signing quite a bit, uh, the more and more that I've kind of dove into his, his career. So, and it doesn't look like he'll miss any regular season time. He'll just miss some of the preseason. So, um, at least as it stands right now. So I'm excited about that and happy for him to get that chance again. All right. And uh, the last bit of club news is the club has announced the diversity fellowship class of 2021. Uh, now we, anyone who's familiar with our show knows that we've talked about the, the diversity fellowship program before. Um, it's a, it's a program set up by the club aimed at battling systemic issues of access for women and people of color in soccer. And um, so there are going to be two coaching fellows and two front office fellows. Uh, they're going to get specialized training with New Mexico United uh, and a scholarship to complete a U.S. coaching license or advanced educational program. So uh, working in the front office will be Leroy Silva and Juliana Myers. And then the coaching fellows are Paris McKenzie and Taryn Deitch. I believe I hope I pronounced that correctly. Uh, now that name might sound familiar. Uh, I don't know if it's any relation to uh, Coach Heather from the UNM uh, women's Lobo soccer team. Do you guys know? I'm not sure. I don't know. Maybe. Why? Well, we can. I think we girls can asleep over there. <laughs> oh, there he is. We can. We can. We can find that out. But congratulations to those who were chosen. Um, for this it's obviously a huge thing for the club and the club continues to get recognition uh, around the league and around the around the states for what they're doing um uh yeah i don't know if i don't know if she's related but she taryn did uh was a looks like a coach on the coaching staff for albuquerque united football club and potentially for unm lobos i'm trying to pull this up here while we're talking. So real quick, uh, as far as Tony Soler goes, um, it is a bunch of words that I cannot pronounce because I don't speak that language uh, on Facebook, but I might send the link to or, or to Seth and he can put it in the show notes. You can also, on Instagram, you can look up Club Valencia 1979. And um, that's the team that Tony actually plays for. Uh, he plays for the first division in the Maldives. So, um, yeah, that's that's basically all I got for you. All right. So uh, we'll get those in the show notes uh, for you guys to go take a look at later on. Um, so, yeah, that's all the news that I have from around the club this year. I didn't really see anything that stood out league-wide. Um <clears throat> for us to talk about. So, I mean, this week's show, we talked about it. We're going to be talking March Madness. We do have one small, small bit of news before we get into our brackets and our predictions for the the tournament, which kicks off later this week. 
University of New Mexico men's basketball team has made a new signing. Uh, they've hired a new head coach, uh, Richard Patino, son of uh, vaunted uh, NCAA basketball coach Rick Patino. Uh, Richard has uh, coming to is coming to New Mexico uh, and Albuquerque from Minnesota Golden Gophers, where in the Big Ten Conference he was there for eight years with a total record of one forty one and one twenty three. Uh, he did take them to postseason play three out of the eight seasons. Um, they were NIT champions back in 2013 and 14. And then most recently they reached the uh, NCAA round of 32 and to the 2018-19 season. Um, what do you guys think about this signing? I mean, uh, Coach Patino, obviously not the, the Patino that we were all kind of uh, may, may have thought it was initially uh, 159-137 in his coaching career overall. I, is this the right sign? Is this the right hiring for UNM? Yes. <laughs> okay. I'm optimistic because I'm always optimistic, but um, I, I can't, I don't know who else was out there. I don't, I, as far as name recognition, you might not know him, but you know his dad at least. Um, so it it's at least something to get the crowd behind and you know maybe give us a, a chance of of uh, competing in the years to come. So, so I'm okay with it. I'm gonna reserve judgment on how excited I get until I see what he does in the next couple of years. But my fear is that he's either going to come in and suck and be here for three years, or he's going to come here and do really good and only be here for three years because he's going to go back to a big 10 school or an ACC school or something like that. So we'll see how it goes. All in all, I I'm, I'm good with it. There's a, there were some interesting tweets going around, uh, some, a fair amount of positivity surrounding it, some negativity, um, there was one account that I saw that tweeted out saying, well, he doesn't have any ties to the area. So it's not a good signing. It's not a good hiring for New Mexico. Is that necessary in, in this day and age? Do you think that a coach really has to have ties to an area that they're going? I mean, it's nice for a coach to have ties. So obviously if you get like some Lobo alumni, um, obviously that's nice. Um, but at the end of the day, you need a recruitment. You need a name to be drawn to New Mexico. New Mexico is not a big state for recruitment. Obviously, with with a Patino name, you're going to get some kind of excitement in the hopes that, well, maybe, maybe I'll get to meet Coach Rick Patino one day, or maybe Coach Rick will come down and mentor some of these guys. I mean, there's a lot of – I have a lot of hope for – his son Richard, um, in the hopes that maybe coaching basketball is in the bloodline and he could fix a broken team. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> that's, that's my expert, uh, my expert opinion there. So reason why reason why I'm saying that I'm hoping he could fix a broken team is on this fancy paper that we've been talking about all freaking night. Somewhere's down there, and maybe you guys can see it. There's this cool four-letter team called Iona. Rick Patino coaches Iona. 
who has never been a NCAA team before this year. Yeah, but he's not his dad. And it has yet to be seen. You don't know that. You don't know that. Well, no, we don't know. I'm relatively sure we know that he's not his dad. (laughs) At at this point, there's no correlation between the two. I mean, Rick Pitino obviously is a legendary collegiate basketball coach, taking his fifth team to the big dance. Richard Pitino, however, is coming off of two, three straight losing seasons. 14 and 15 this past year, 15 and 16 the year before. So two consecutive losing seasons. Uh, and Jeff Grammer put out a tweet. Uh, Steve Alford was 43 when hired at UNM after eight seasons at Iowa with a losing Big Ten record and three NCAA tournament appearances. Richard Pitino is 38 and now hired at UNM after eight seasons at Minnesota with a losing Big Ten record and two NCAA appearances. I mean, I, I don't even know if this guy's in the same league as Coach Alford, but you have to think there's some level of positivity surrounding this hire. Like it seems to me, this is a guy that has the potential to win the potential to, to get his players going. Now, I don't know enough about them, about the golden Gophers basketball program. I don't know what they dealt with over the past two years. So it's hard to say for sure, but I, you know, it, it's going to be, I haven't really, I haven't looked at the, any of the articles that were written yet, so I don't know the contract details, if those are out there or not. But, I mean, how long do you think UNM gives him? Well, here's what I do know about Dick. Um, Easy. He lost nine straight. His name is Richard. What do you want? <laughs> Calm down. Uh, he lost, Minnesota lost nine straight uh, to finish this year. Otherwise, they should have been in the NCAA tournament. Um, so, so that kind of you lose nine straight. That that's not not great, uh, as they say. But um, I think he's got a chance to do something. Uh, the Mountain West is always kind of there for the taking. Um, there's never there seems to be always one like top twenty five school, maybe two, um, and, and I think he can get us to that point for college sports. You can, I think you have to give them three years minimum because they got to recruit. They got to get their guys in there. They got to change um, what the other coach did and other coach philosophy. And, and uh, so, so I think he gets three years. It's just what happens after those three years that I'm not sure about if he sucks and they let him go or if, he is great and somebody comes and tries to poach him like they did with Alford. Who knows? But I'm excited for it. I think it was a better hire than Weir. Um, I think Weir, UNM was just too focused on screwing with New Mexico State that they didn't actually think it through. So this is what it is. Well, not even that. I mean, Paul Weir was really good at New Mexico State. I mean, I think he had like a 19-3 record one year, or his final year there. Um, he was. But that's the whack. Yeah. So, I'm not disparaging what he did there. It's just, you couldn't find somebody else? Like, to me, they, they were like, mm, you know who I want? I want our in-state rivals coach because he's been good, and he's our in-state rivals coach. And that was all they cared about. They didn't 
look at anything else or anybody else is how it looked to me when they did it in the first place. So that's what, that's where we're at here. Yeah, I agreed. You've got to give them time, you know, three, four years, you know, to, to give him opportunity to get, get his guys in, get the system that he wants in. I mean, you would hope that the guys that are already here can adapt to what he wants to do. And that some of the younger guys, uh, some of these, you know, maybe non-scholarship guys or the, you know, the, the incoming freshmen and sophomores we had over the past couple of years have an opportunity to showcase what they can do and that they can continue to, to produce for UNM. And hopefully Coach Patino can turn that around. Um, what you have to wait and see, it's a long time until the next season for UNM. So they've got lots of time to work on stuff and hopefully they come out uh, in the fall. Uh, in the winter and uh, really make a showing of it. So, all right, ladies and gentlemen, you've been waiting for it all night long. We are, it is time finally to discuss March madness. Um, we were, just, we were sitting here well, at our respective homes on Sunday afternoon. We were talking a little bit back and forth about the selection committee's uh, choices. Real fast. Um, I don't know a dollar amount, but I do know that they gave him a six year contract. Six years. Okay. Well, I mean, not the worst contract I've ever heard. So um, we'll see. We'll just wait and see what happens. So, all right. So we have uh, Earl created a, a group for us over on ESPN.com, their uh, men's tournament challenge over there. Um, so we were kind of talking in our group text today. There weren't any major surprises from this. Um, we all kind of knew what was going to happen going into it in terms of at least, you know, what clubs, what teams weren't going to be in, uh, what teams were going to be in Duke, obviously not going to be there. Um, Duke did not have a, have a really good season. Um, and they bowed out of the ACC tournament, uh, due to COVID. And so, yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting. There was talk of Duke still being a replacement team. Uh, if there were any COVID issues in the in the few days leading up to the tournament kicking off later this week, but uh, Duke was left off that list, thankfully. So, um, yeah, I think it's been a while since Duke has not been in March Madness. Correct? Uh, twenty six years. Twenty six years. That's insane. <clears throat> I mean, you know, what, I was ten the last time Duke wasn't in the tournament. That's an, that's just absolutely crazy. So. But I mean, the ACC, I mean, some people said the ACC was weak this year, but I think it was, uh, I think they just considered it weak because, you know, Duke and UNC didn't actually have great seasons. And then you had teams like Georgia Tech, who wasn't expected to finish uh, towards the top and uh, who did, you know, I think that's why they considered it weak, but uh, correct. I mean, do would you guys agree with that? Would you say the ACC is weak this year in terms of basketball, or is it just a reflection of the teams that, didn't do as well as everyone thought they would. I do think it was weaker than normal. I I don't think you can say that it was as strong as normal when you're two teams that have been the top of the top of that league for years and years and years aren't good. I don't, I don't think that Florida state and Georgia tech and um, Syracuse and all these other teams that were, still good enough to make the postseason. They weren't as good as Duke and North Carolina usually are. So I think it was a down year for them. Um, I do have North Carolina advancing a little bit in the tournament this year, but um, they, they did not play as well 
And I, for one, am happy to see Duke not in there because I can't stand Duke. But um, I think the I think the best conference in basketball was the Big Ten pretty easily this year. Yeah, Big Ten is usually hyper competitive anyway, and yeah, I, I think that's a that's a good shot right there. Yeah, I'm the same way. I don't think it was a down year for them. I think just with everything going on, I mean, you had a team who's a decent team <clears throat> have to bow out of a tournament of a national championship because of COVID. So I think just considering circumstances, it was, I don't know, it's an asterisk year. Sorry, I missed that. Why is it an asterisk here? Asterisk. asterisk. Whatever. Because COVID. I mean, you had teams such as, I mean, teams that didn't make the playoffs, didn't make the tournament, obviously, like the Lobos men and women's team playing every game on the road. You had teams who didn't have any fans. You had some teams that had fans. You had some teams that had full capacity. Um. So? <laughs> like. I think that I, to me, that's the normal right now. It's not, I don't think you can, you look at, I I think Gonzaga was the best team, is the best team. I don't think Duke should have made the tournament because uh, they just didn't play well. And why they didn't play well is kind of doesn't matter at this point. It's, it, it's who played the best and Duke didn't play the best. And I think Gonzaga and Baylor and Michigan and Illinois and Ohio State, I mean, they all they all would have played. They all would have been this good, even if it was a normal year to me. So, yeah, definitely some faces that we wouldn't expect it in the tournament. Um, obviously, there was no tournament last year due to COVID. Um, it's uh, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. Uh, so. Uh, we've got our uh, we we made our picks. We decided we were going to have our picks ready uh, before the show, and hopefully Jacob's got his ready now. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep, yeah, all right, good to go. All right, so <clears throat> how do we want to do this, guys? How, do we want to break it down, you know, a region at a time, or do we want to uh, just go just go down the page here? Just go down the page. Let's go per region. Well, which is technically down the page. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I know, but I think we go like the West region all the way to who wins the West region. And then the Midwest. Yeah, that's, all yeah, that's what I'm talking about there. So. Who wins the Midwest as opposed to going the round of 32 or the round of 64 and then the round of 32 and then the Sweet 16 and all and so on and so forth. Let's let's get the first weekend out of the way by by uh, region. And then we can talk about the Sweet 16 inward as a whole. If that makes right. sense. Yeah, we can do that. All right. So, all right. Starting off in the West region, obviously the number one overall seed Gonzaga is going to square off against either, uh, let's see, not even App State or uh, who's, what's the other team? Norfolk. Norfolk State. Yeah, that's right. Um, as, as you know, I, I honestly went back and forth on this one. I, I did because App State did Come upset on, Michigan. Man. App State upset Michigan a football a few years ago. But I just don't see it happening in basketball. That was like a decade ago. (laughs) I know, I know. A decade ago. But you know, App State has pulled off the impossible. Jacob wasn't Uh, even able to grow a mustache at the time. (laughs) 
I'm pretty sure it was my senior year of high school, and I have my senior picks to prove that I had a killer mustache. <laughs> and by killer mustache, I mean it was like that of a serial killer. Um, <laughs> it was uh, pencil thin and and terrible. And I, I look back at my senior pictures and I think, Mom, why did you let me have this this mustache? This mustache. Uh, it's, it's terrible. It looks dumb. But anyways, 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 I think we all have Gonzaga moving on, right? Yes. Set Earl, you got Gonzaga. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So then Gonzaga. we move to the to the eight nine matchup, um, which I'm always the eight nine matchups are always weird to me. Like I don't, I look at them and they're typically power conference teams that are kind of middle of the pack. That you're like, well, they're good, but are they great? Uh, so in this case, we've got number eight Oklahoma against number nine Missouri. Um, both of them had eh, years. Uh, I I usually just throw a dart, and this time it hit Missouri, so I've got Missouri going on and beating Oklahoma. Yep, I've got Missouri as well. Earl, who'd you take on? I got Oklahoma. Oklahoma. All right. So, uh, any particular reason you took Oklahoma over Missouri here? Because ESPN told me to. <laughs> did you hit the button that said fill out my bracket for me no actually i did the bracket predictor um uh-huh. which maybe i can figure this out it brings up like stat by stat for each team right so i kind of played off of that this one this year so for that okay. one interesting right. the oklahoma um so decision tree which identifies data trends with predictive significance um, has Oklahoma 65 with Missouri 35. Power ratings has Oklahoma, so like the strength of schedule, has Oklahoma 53% over Missouri's 47. Um, results based on similar games, 63 for Missouri, 37 for Oklahoma. Um, point spread is 1.5 for Oklahoma to win. So I kind of went that route. Okay, so real quick, guys, we've got a shit ton of games to get through. Yes, I'm not gonna let you spend five minutes talking about an eight <laughs> nine matchup again. All right, no, that works. All right. <laughs> um, do you want to go down the line, or do you want to go to Gonzaga, Missouri, or Gonzaga, Oklahoma? Uh, we'll I, just, let's finish up the round of 64 here okay. uh, for the West. All right. All right. So next up in the West, uh, Creighton and UC Santa Barbara. Um, interesting matchup here in the 512. Uh, I actually went uh, UC Santa Barbara. As did I. Creighton. I went with the upside. Creighton. I, okay. The Creighton I, Blue Jays. I can't. I happened to watch Creighton versus Georgetown and watch Georgetown just like utterly destroy Creighton. Mm-hmm. And I just can't get that image out of my head. So with that, I said, uh, go Santa Barbara. Yeah, Creighton did not look good in that game. So, all right. Uh, next up for the 413, Virginia and Ohio. I know Ohio has been a trendy pick here. Some people saying Ohio could take uh, Virginia out of the tournament here. Uh, I actually went Virginia. Virginia. I have Ohio. Really? I, I do. Ohio. I, I, I I went with the trendy pick. Uh, Virginia had to bow out of the ACC tournament because uh, mm-hmm. of COVID stuff. I don't know what's going to happen there. Um, lingering effects. I think they're going to play the game. But yeah. what does that mean? And then also Virginia just hasn't. They're coming from the ACC that wasn't great. Um, 
and and just haven't haven't really impressed me all that much. So Ohio's got this kid that everybody's talking about, and I can't think of his name, even though it was just in my head. Um, so yeah, I've got a twelve thirteen matchup right there. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see will UVA be at full strength for that. Uh, if they are, I think that's gonna be an easy UVA win. But, all right, next up the six eleven USC. Uh, versus uh, Wichita State Shockers or the Drake winner. Uh, I went USC. Yeah, I went I went USC there just because of uh, Evan Mobley, who's a fantastic rookie that they are freshman that they have. Wichita State's a good story. They just I don't think they have it this year. USC so is I, a better club. I'll never forget um, Wichita State making their deep run several years ago. Uh, just. Fantastic, but yeah, and I, and because of that, I always kind of root for them. But I, yeah, I think in this case, uh, USC is just going to be too much for them. All right, three fourteen matchup: Kansas Eastern Washington Directional School versus a uh, one of the blue bloods of uh, college basketball. Earl, who you got here? Kansas. As much as I hate I Kansas, as much as I hate Kansas, I had to pick them. See, Kansas is my college team uh, for basketball for the most part. Uh, so, so I went with them. Uh, I couldn't name a single player on the team this year, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, I did go with Kansas. All right. Next up, the uh, seven ten Oregon VCU VCU did very well a few years ago. Um, but I think Oregon's, Shaka's Oregon's home. a big, they're a strong squad. Uh, I've got Oregon, Oregon, Oregon. All right. And last but not least in the round 64 for the Western, uh, Western division, Iowa, number two seed against Grand Canyon Antelopes. Grand Canyon, of course, being local here. And Jacob, your screen was completely white. Couldn't yeah, I saw it. I saw it. I, that's why I pulled it away. All right. So any is there any chance that any one of us is in Grand Canyon in this matchup? There is a chance, boys. No. No way. Jacob Grand Canyon. There's a, there's a chance. Wow. Uh, okay. Because uh, I, I took them. Um, any particular reason? Iowa. I, I watched them play uh, New Mexico State in the WAC championship. Uh, I liked what I saw. Um, Iowa has Garza, of course, Luca Garza, as a great player, but um, it, it's probably wrong uh, for sure because it's a two fifteen matchup. But crazier things have happened, and uh, and I I think it'd be a great story for Grand Canyon to make the tournament and then upset somebody in its first year ever in the tournament. So it was more of a, I want to see this happen than I think it'll happen, but it is what it is. Eight times in the history of this tournament has a 15 defeated two in the first round. Nine. Most recently, recently Middle Tennessee State over Michigan State uh, in 2016 to 2013. FGCU. Florida Gulf Coast yeah, over Georgetown. Dude. and then, Those ones uh, were freaking great. I yeah, love those, those guys. Those are great matches. And in 2012, there are two of them. Lehigh over Duke and Norfolk State over Missouri. Uh, those were fun games. I remember those. Those were a lot of fun to watch. So, All right. So there's our first big upset pick of the, of the tournament right there. Uh, Jacob taking Grand Cane. All right. So, so my West bracket is a disaster, guys. <laughs> it's a mess. <laughs> I've got... I've got a one, a nine, a twelve, a thirteen, a six, a three, a seven, and a fifteen. You're taking a number of different upsets there. That's gonna be interesting to see how that how that plays out. So. That's my that's my heaviest upset region, but that yeah. is the region that I have the most upsets in, and and I have several of them. All right, and finishing out opening weekend in the West, we've got so based on that, 
so do we all have Gonzaga, Missouri? No, you've got Gonzaga, Oklahoma, right? Do we all have Gonzaga winning now? I've got Gonzaga moving on to, to 16. Me too. All right. Now it's easy. Uh, so, all right. So, uh, Jacob, you took uh, UC Santa, Santa, UC Santa Barbara and Ohio. Who do you have going to the Sweet 16 out of that? I have Ohio. Ohio, okay. Uh, Earl, how, who do you have advancing out of uh, that that second round that second round matchup so i have creighton in virginia i am taking virginia okay i've got ucsb in virginia i'm taking i've got ucsb i you know again covid uva they're getting, you know tired coming off of off a match against a tough ohio team well, could be interesting right there all right uh so next up usc kansas i have kansas kansas okay Earl, who Kansas. Kansas. I've got USC. I do think it's going to be a good game to watch, oh, yeah. but I still think with Kansas having the more experience in the tournament, they know how to get through, and they'll somehow pull it off. Yeah, you're right. I agree. It's going to be a fun one to watch. It's on my uh, must-watch. That's one of my five to watch. Okay. Uh, from opening weekend or just for the for the entire for thing? For the entire thing. I was going to be talking opening entire thing? Okay. Interesting. All right. And then Oregon against uh, Grand Canyon. Grand Canyon. <laughs> really? No, 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 no. Okay. No, no, I've got Oregon moving on there. Oregon. All right. And then I think Earl and I both have Oregon and Iowa. Earl, who you got? I got Iowa. Iowa. Yep. Same here. I got Iowa there. All right. All right. So let's move on. We'll go to the East Division. Uh Michigan against Texas Southern or Mount St. Mary's. Uh, I've got Michigan. 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 Okay. Uh, another 8-9 matchup. LSU-St. Bonnie. St. Bonaventure. St. Bonaventure. I went St. Bonaventure. I went LSU. I think that's going to be a good matchup. That's, that's going to be a fun one Also to watch. one of my two watches. All right. Uh, Colorado-Georgetown. Colorado. Patrick Ewing, my guy. Gonna pull the upset there. I got Georgetown. I went Georgetown as well. I think Georgetown's a good pick here. Uh, they're a good. They're a good team. I think they're better than the 12 seed that they were given. Um, so that's gonna be fun to watch. Is there? And then Florida State, UNC, Greensboro. Any chance of an upset here? I got Florida State. Florida State. Florida State. All right. All right. Now this one. I think this one's gonna be interesting here. BYU against the winner of Michigan State, UCLA. Um, so first of all, who did you take in the first four? I, who who are you putting against BYU here, or do you think it matters? I don't I don't think it really matters. Yeah. Uh, Michigan State and UCLA, while they have the name and they are definitely blue bloods, uh, they they didn't live up to it this year whatsoever. And I think having to play that extra game to even get to the tournament or to get into the field of sixty four, uh, I I think BYU shows that Gonzaga deserved the number one overall seed by beating BYU a few times this year and BYU comes away with the victory there. Okay. Same BYU. So, so on the link that I sent you guys, it actually has the, you can pick the first four matches. Um, I actually took Michigan state over UCLA and then I actually have Michigan state beating BYU. Whoa. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, that 11, that, uh, that first four matchup there, that is a huge, like 11, 11 seed matchup there. 
I mean, they're both good teams. It is in name. I just don't think it is in practice. Like, I don't think, like, you see, oh, my gosh, Michigan State, UCLA. What a matchup in the first four. And then you're going to watch them, and you're going to actually be disappointed. Yeah, you're going to want to go to sleep. <laughs> All right, uh, Texas Abilene Christian. Texas. Texas. Hook 'em horns. All right. Uh seven ten matchup. Yukon and Maryland. Yukon. Yukon. Maryland. Hmm. I like Maryland hmm. here. Hmm. I yeah, I don't know. We could discuss it more later, but yeah, I just I think Maryland's better here. Uh and of course Alabama squaring off against Rick Patino's Iona team. Bama. Bama. Roll tide, roll around the bowl and down the hole. <laughs> Wait, so uh, does that mean you picked him? Or no, I, I've got I, I picked Bama, but uh, oh, okay. I was like, you picked Iona. I, I don't like, like it. What's wrong with you? No, <laughs> no. All right, uh, finishing up the opening weekend here: Michigan LSU or uh, Michigan Saint Bonnie. Yeah, I got Michigan. 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 All right, so we all have Michigan going to the Sweet Sixteen. Uh, so the uh, Florida State versus Georgetown or Colorado, Florida State. I have Georgetown. Georgetown. All right, and then Texas against the winner of BYU, Michigan State, UCLA. Texas. I have Texas. Texas. All right, and then uh, Alabama versus winner of UConn or Maryland. Bama. 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 All right. So we're all on on the same board there, on the same page there. All right, moving on over, we'll go into the Midwest region here. Uh, Illinois Drexel, Illy, you 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 threw me off there. I was on I was on the oh, other oh, one, yeah. but uh, right, I went straight but, across the screen. But yeah, I have Illinois as well. All right, uh, Loyola Chicago against Georgia Tech. Loyola, this is my favorite. This is my favorite game of the whole the whole end of tournament. the uh, yeah yeah it, for the most part. Um, Sister Jean, the fighting Sister Jeans. Uh, uh, against a Georgia Tech team that is has been a great story. Um, I went back and forth, but I, I finished on on Georgia Tech. Loyola, no, you got Sister Jean. Okay, I'm going Georgia Tech. I got Sister Jean. Obviously, I mean, was there <laughs> any choice? Let me guess. You have Sister. You have I, Georgia Tech the, winning it all too, right? No, no, I do not. <laughs> no, I know better than that, but. Uh, no, I mean that eight nine matchup. I think this is the best eight nine matchup this mm-hmm. year. I mean, oh by far, this is going to be way. fantastic. Yeah, Tech plays very good defense. They can also score, and then Loyola, Loyola Chicago, a fantastic story from them. Um, Sister Jean, obviously. All right, moving on. Tennessee, Oregon State, Tennessee, Tennessee, Tennessee. All right, and then Oklahoma Liberty, Oklahoma, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. State. Yeah, Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. State. There we go. All right, uh, San Diego. That was a- the Oklahoma State one was another popular upset pick for mm-hmm. for a few, but but I went with Oklahoma State. Yeah. All right. Uh, San Diego State, Syracuse. San Diego. Got to represent the Mountain West and and say San Diego. Not even you know, honestly, this was a tough. Not one. Not even that. San Diego's a really good team. They, they are. are. They are. Yeah. So uh, San Diego State across the board there for us. Uh, West Virginia, Moorhead State. West Virginia. Same. West Virginia. All right. Uh, Clemson Rutgers. Clemson. Clemson. Rutgers. I think Clemson's an underrated ball club. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
and I know I've, I've talked trash about the ACC basically this whole episode. Um, and they are, they are part of that, but I, I just think that they, they've been looked over and part of it's because they haven't, they've had some hiccups, but I, I just think they're, they're a good solid ball club. They're better than the seven. That's for sure. Yeah. Seven, seven tens are hard to pick. Um, I went back and forth yeah. on this one. I, I went Rutgers. Um, yes, Rutgers does allow a, a fair number of points. Um, but I mean, they score a lot of points as well. So, and I don't think Clemson has the strongest defense in the world. All right. Uh, let's see. And finally, Houston, Cleveland state, Houston. Houston, Houston. All right. And round of 32 for that. Uh, let's start at the bottom here. Rutgers. Uh, I'm sorry. Houston versus winner of Clemson Rutgers. Houston. I've got Clemson. You got Clemson moving on. Okay. I've got Houston. Moving yeah, I got on. Houston. Yeah. I'm just not, I'm not sold on the level of competition that Houston has had to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think going up against a club like Clemson could be a rude awakening for them. Okay. Uh, San Diego state, West Virginia, San Diego, San Diego state, San Diego state. Yep. All right. Uh, let's see. Oklahoma state, Tennessee, Oklahoma, Oklahoma state, Oklahoma state. All right. There we go. We're all on board there so far. All right. Illinois against the winner of Loyola, Chicago and Georgia tech. Illinois. I have Illinois. Georgia tech. Of course you do. Oh, you did pick it. I <sighs> pick, no, I, I think this is a very good matchup for Georgia tech. I really do. I think, again, Tech plays very good defense, and I don't think, and I think that could cause issues for Illinois. Yeah, I uh, I disagree. <laughs> All right. I, I just think I just think Illinois is is a really really freaking good ball. Like, I not going to spoil it, but I have them going pretty far. Yeah, no, no, they're they're talented. I just I just think it's an interesting matchup. We'll see what happens there. All right, uh, going to the South region, Baylor was uh, Baylor Hartford Baylor Baylor. Baylor. All right. North Carolina, Wisconsin. North Carolina. I was back and forth on this one. Um, it's actually one of my games to watch, but North Carolina. I went Wisconsin here. I like I like a lot of these nine seeds. Uh, they're these are really close to call. So all right. Villanova, Winthrop. Winthrop Villanova. Winthrop. Twelve five. That's gonna be that's gonna uh, yeah, that's gonna be interesting there. Uh, Purdue, North Texas. Purdue. Purdue. Purdue, all right. Boilermaker. Texas Tech, Utah State. Texas Tech. As much as as I like the Mountain West, I think Texas Tech. I went Utah State as well. I think uh, they've got a very good squad. I don't don't like them cousins. (laughs) Uh, Arkansas, Colgate. Arkansas. Same. I heard this one described as first 200 points wins. Yeah. Uh, both very high scoring teams. I went Arkansas as well. See, I was 50, 50. I, I almost picked, so I picked a couple and a couple of the brackets. I have Colgate. Um, <laughs> but for this one, um, Arkansas. All right. Florida, Virginia tech, Florida, Florida. Florida. Yep. All right. And Ohio State or Roberts? Ohio State. Ohio State. Let's sweep it. All right. So that gives us all Florida and Ohio State in the round of 32. Ohio State. 
Ohio State. I got Ohio State as well. Ohio uh, State. Okay. All right. Winner of uh, Arkansas or uh, Utah State, Texas Tech. Arkansas. Same. Arkansas. All right. And let's see. Purdue, Nova Winthrop. Purdue. Okay, Same. Purdue. And then uh, Baylor, Wisconsin, North Carolina. Baylor. 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 All right. So that's our that was the first two rounds, guys. Um, so all right. So uh, who do you have advancing? Uh, let's say. Uh, uh, let's see. At least so let's let's recap our Sweet Sixteens real quick. Okay. Yeah. I've got Gonzaga versus Ohio, mm-hmm. Kansas versus Oregon, Michigan versus Georgetown, Texas versus Alabama, Baylor versus Purdue, Arkansas versus Ohio State, Illinois versus Oklahoma State. And San Diego State versus Clemson. So I've got a 13 and a 12 in there. All my one seeds are still alive. All two of my two seeds are gone though. Um and it's it's pretty chalk for me other than that. So I got Gonzaga, Virginia, um, Kansas, Iowa, Michigan, Florida State, Texas, and Bama, Baylor, Purdue, Arkansas, Ohio State, Illinois, Oklahoma State. San Diego, Houston. All right, and for mine, I've got Gonzaga, UCSB, USC, Iowa, Michigan, Georgetown, Texas, Alabama, and let's see, we're over here, Baylor, Purdue, Arkansas, Ohio State, Georgia Tech, Oklahoma State, and San Diego State and Houston. So we got a few differences in there. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens. All right, so... Earl, let's start with you. Who makes your elite eight? Gonzaga. Oh, you want me to go? And? Oh, you want me to go? All the time? <laughs> okay. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I have Gonzaga and Iowa in the West. I got Michigan and Texas in the East. Baylor, Ohio State in the South. And Illinois and Houston in the Midwest. All so basically, right. you in chalk. You have one, two, every, all the way up and down, right? Oh, no, you have Texas in there. Yeah, Texas in there. Over Michigan. So you have one, two, one, three, one, two, one, two. Mm-hmm. That's boring. <laughs> I, di- I didn't go crazy, but I don't have that. So I've got Gonzaga and Kansas. And then I've got Michigan, Alabama, Baylor, Ohio State, Illinois, San Diego State. So really, I've got a one and a three, a one and a two, a one and a two, and a one and a six. So it's I pretty much went chalk, too. Man, you guys step outside a little bit. Use your, you, you know. So my elite eight, I've got Gonzaga, Iowa. One, two. Michigan, Texas. One, three. One, three. Baylor, Ohio State. One, One two. two. <laughs> and then Oklahoma State, Houston. Four, two. So, so your biggest difference right there is the that four. you have Illinois not even making the second yeah. weekend. So. All right, final four. Jacob, go ahead. So I, th- I think this year there was a pretty clear top four teams in the league mm-hmm. or in the in the nation. Um, I think the four seeds were far and away the best teams uh, in the regular season. Uh, and because of that, I have three of the top four or three of the four one seeds making the final four. So I've got Gonzaga beating Kansas. I've got Baylor beating Ohio State. 
and I've got Illinois beating San Diego State. The only two seed that I have making it is Alabama beating Michigan. So you got Gonzaga, Bama, and uh, Baylor, Baylor, Illinois. Illinois. All right. Okay. All right. Well, I have Gonzaga beating Iowa. I have Michigan beating Texas. Uh, Baylor beating Ohio State and Illinois beating Houston. So you have all the one seats. I have Houston in there. That's a two. I thought you, I said thought you just Illinois. said you had. Yeah, you just said Illinois beating. Sorry, Houston, Houston beating Illinois. I do have that written okay. down, just so you know. <laughs> I believe you. Right. You're showing us Michigan for some reason, but uh, I don't know where you're at. Okay, there. Yeah, go. Houston's <laughs> right there. I mean, you, sh- you got that. You got we, there. Earl and I were kind of talking about it before the show. I mean, there's a very real possibility that you could have four number ones this year. It's just not a very strong. It's not as strong of a field as we've seen in recent years. Uh, my final four is Gonzaga, Texas against Baylor and Houston. I like that. Tex- See, Houston making your guys' final four is just crazy to me. I like that Texas call, though. I really do. I think I think Texas has a real good shot to come out of the East there. I do I do too. National championship so, game. Oh, go ahead, Jacob. So with Texas, I I could see it. I could. I I, I think Alabama's really good. Mm-hmm. Uh I think they're they're just a really good team. So, but we'll see. I I think I think Texas is also a pretty good team. So, I bottom line, I don't see Michigan coming out of there. I've watched Michigan twice and they've lost both of those games. So that could be what is shaving my opinion there. I watched them just get demolished by Illinois. And then I watched them lose in the tournament to Ohio state. So I, even though I have them making the elite eight, I just don't see them making the final four. So, so yeah, we're basically, we're basically all pretty close uh, when we get down to the nitty gritty. I have uh, Gonzaga beating Alabama and then Illinois beating Baylor to set up a Gonzaga, Illinois national title game. Okay. All right. I got Gonzaga beating Michigan um, just because Gonzaga is a powerhouse and Baylor beating Houston. So Gonzaga Baylor. Yeah, that's that's my final there as well. Gonzaga over Texas, Baylor over Houston, uh, national championship Gonzaga and Baylor. So, all right. So Earl and I've got the same. Jacob, you said you had a uh, Gonzaga and Illinois, right? Illinois. Yeah. Okay. And who's your no, national? Okay. Champion? Oh, go ahead. So, so I want to do this. I'm going to count to three, and then I want all of us to say our national champion. All right. Because I know I know sets, but uh, I don't know Earl's yet. So, all right, you ready? One, two, three. Gonzaga. Earl doesn't listen to us, apparently. I have it. holds up a piece of paper. I see it. I see it. So we all have Gonzaga, um, which I think is... It's chalk with them being the top overall seed, but I just think they're the best team in the country by far. Um, So unless COVID happens or something stupid like that, I just don't see how they, they don't they don't win it or at least get there. So. so is it a high scoring game or what's your guys tiebreaker? I think I have 75 or 79, 71, 79. Some, I don't know. I've got 79, 79, 68. 
I've got 78, 68. Okay, I have That's funny. 75, 64. <laughs> so we basically are predicting Gonzaga to win by 10. Yeah, seven, 70 to 60 is this. where we're at. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a fun game to watch if it gets to that. I mean, yeah, like you said, Gonzaga has had a hell of a year. Uh, opportunity to be the first uh, team to go undefeated all the way through the tournament since like 1977, I think it was. Um, yeah. I mean, they've got the team to do it. They're very good. Um, I just it's so hard to pick against Gonzaga at any point during this. Um, so yeah, it's gonna be fun. I mean, um, games start what Thursday? What? Yeah, when's the first four? I thought the first four were usually today. The 18th. So the uh, let me take first four starts on Thursday, and then first round starts on Friday. What? Uh, first four starts tomorrow. First four is March 18th. Oh, I don't know. According to this, it says March 17th and 18th. But anyway, we'll take a look. I, too, have Thursday, March 18th. Uh, maybe they did something with the schedule this year because normally it's played over two days. Yeah, I am so freaking confused. So apparently they're doing all of them on Thursday, and then the first round starts on Friday. Friday, Saturday are the uh, round of 32, or round of 64, and then Sunday, Monday are the round of 32. Oh, yeah, that's weird. According to ESPN.com, Sister Jean has picked Loyola to uh, make the Elite Eight. And then Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday is the Sweet 16 and Elite Eight. I still remember the year that the Lobos and made it. Saturday, Saturday is the Final Four, and then Monday the 5th is the title game. When did they make the Elite Eight? Why did they? Because they were good that year. When? when? No, when? When twenty ten, I think you're lying to yourself. Maybe two thousand nine. <laughs> they played Louisville that year. Ah, uh, yes, I do remember that game. All right, everyone. There you go. You have our picks for March Madness. You can play along with us. Uh, you know, let us know your picks, who you think is going to win. Uh, we would love to hear what what you guys think might happen in this year's tournament. Uh, finally, I mean, we're, ha- we're all happy to see it come back. Uh, we're just hoping that uh, everyone comes back and is able to compete and not have to deal with COVID. Everyone stays safe and we get a full tournament this year. I think that'd be a fantastic thing to see. So um, I think that's going to just about do it for us. Do you guys have anything to uh, close us out on? Or Jacob, you ready to get us out of here? Um, researching, researching, researching. <laughs> so they did, they did not make the elite eight. We lost to Louisville in the round of sixty or in the round of thirty two. Really, in two thousand twelve, and then in two thousand ten we lost to Washington in the round of thirty two. So we have not made the second weekend ever. Hmm. Well, then I stand corrected. Oh wait, I lie. I lie. In 1968 <laughs> and 1974, we made, we made the second week. Get out of here with that so, shit. Um, I'm, I'm pretty much good. You guys got anything left? No? All right. Good, good. No more mustache jokes. Uh, nothing. 
Something like that. All right, cool. Um, hey, I must ask you a question. There we go. There we go. <laughs> I was waiting for that one. Um, for those of you just listening, uh, my mustache is not on social media because I have purposely not put pictures of it on. Oh, no, wait. I lie. It is on social media, but it's in a comment section of a friend of mine's post, so you can't find it unless you're friends with both of us. So, um, but I do have a. You'll have to go over to YouTube. I do have a camera. Don't you? No, no. There we go. <laughs> so you'll have to go over to you'll have to go over to YouTube and uh, and check out the recording of this podcast uh, to see see the beautiful stash. So, I. This is my favorite time of year, guys. It really is. You got you got March Madness. You got the Masters. You've got... Usually I'm excited for baseball starting up. Not as much this year. You know, basketball's in full force. You got NBA free or NFL free agency. You got hockey, which I've been real into this year. Um, and, and then not to mention, you know, New Mexico United starting the preseason. Normally we would have started the season by now, so I'm a little bummed that it got pushed back because I'm really itching for live soccer. But, uh, but at least we got the preseason to look forward to, and and the regular season starting shortly thereafter. So, um, I'm just I'm super pumped. Uh, the weather's changing, the time change, uh, getting darker later. You know, it's just it. I think it might be my favorite time of the year. And and I was so mad last year when Corona just stole it all from us. And I didn't have the Masters. I didn't have basketball. I didn't have soccer. I didn't have anything last year. So, so I'm doubly excited for this year. Uh, and we're going to cover just about everything, at least in brief, uh, here on Somos Mas. So, including golf. You guys, stay plugged into us. Yes, a little bit, at least for me. Please um, shut your mouth. What? What? What was that for? I don't. I feel attacked. Anyways, stay plugged in with the podcast. Um, you can watch us on Twitch. You know, we'll be on YouTube. Uh, you can just download on any podcast player that you listen to. Um, we'll be here. We'll be covering everything. I really can't wait to dig into the core for this podcast, which is going to be New Mexico United. But um, until then, we've got a bunch of stuff going on. And and I'm excited for all that, too. So a couple weeks from now, catch us talking how our brackets are looking. Any new, more New Mexico United news? Hopefully we have a schedule for New Mexico United. Um, that would be fantastic. Uh, do we want to record next week with the tournament? Talking about the first weekend or or do we want to wait two weeks? I'm down. Let's do I'm it. good. I. I think we plan on that. Yeah. But if if the tournament's the only thing, I don't know if it's worth jumping on for. If if we got no, more New Mexico United news, um I'm sure we can fill time with with football or something like that, but but I think we plan for next week too. Um my wife probably will be a little little perturbed about it, but it'll it'll be good practice for when we're doing one every every week uh when the season actually starts and and whatnot. So, so you guys heard it here just now. Uh, tune in again next week as we talk about the opening weekend of the NCAA tournament and um, possibly a little little United U news. Hopefully, we'll talk about the preseason match that Earl got to attend. Um, 
so yeah, we'll have we'll have a bunch of stuff for you next week. Uh, so between now and then, if you want to catch us on social media, uh, you can go to any of our pages on Facebook because Seth went back to Facebook. I don't think he's very active on it, but he's at least there. No, you're not. You're not active. No, you're I'm, not I'm I'm there. I'm just not super active. Like I, I do a lot of scrolling, but I am on Facebook. Yeah. So there we go. We got um, Instagram. You can check us out at Somos Mas NM uh, across all platforms, uh, Twitter, uh, Facebook, and and Instagram. Um, and yeah, you guys know what to do. You can you can find us. You can get a hold of us if you really want to. Uh, we love to hear from you guys. And uh, until next week, guys, because it's only it's going to be once a week for a little while, anyways. Uh, probably from now on uh, would be my guess. Uh, so in seven short days, you can check us out again. Uh, and until then, Somos Unos. You've been listening to Somos Moss, your source for the latest news on New Mexico United and weekly discussions about the sports world at large. All shows are recorded live from New Mexico using Zencaster and are edited using Audacity. Each and every show is produced and edited by Seth Bedoff and Jacob Terrell 